Hey, you're listening to that witchy stuff, and I'm your host, Celeste. So here we are, season two, episode one. I took um, a week off, I think. It might have been two weeks. Honestly, I don't really know because I took this week off at work, so time has no meaning. Um, it's been great, though, for time to not have meaning. So anyway, uh, I missed you, and I was ready to come back and for us to talk some more. Uh, so here we are, season two, episode one. Um, last season, we talked a lot about uh, what I view as beginning stuff. Um, I've since come to learn that not everyone um, feels the same way. I mean, like a lot of the stuff that we talked about was beginning stuff, but uh, the final episode in, in last season was about how to do a spell, like the full on thing. And um, some people feel like that should be reserved for um, more advanced stuff. But here's the thing, there's no like degree system of witchcraft. There can be degrees or levels or things like that in certain traditions. That doesn't mean that, you know, one witch is more powerful in their magic than another. It does mean that they may have more experience or it may mean that they have more knowledge about the particular um, tradition. But for your general basic, not based on a tradition witchcraft, there's no level, there's no degree. And you are the only one who has the authority to say if you are advanced enough to do something. Um, if you have um, a good understanding of what you wanna do and why you wanna do it and how you wanna do it. And if you're willing to face whatever potential ramifications there may be, then you, um, you should go for it. If you meet those criteria. <laughs> and, you know, I don't mean for potential ramifications to sound ominous or anything. It's just that, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? I mean, that's speaking of very physical physics kind of thing, not necessarily magical kind of thing. But, you know, I, I feel like the laws of physics tend to apply in some sort of way. So, um, so yeah. Uh, I would if I if I were you and what I did when I was when I was beginning was um, I did limit myself to you know smaller things um, I don't really think it is a good idea to necessarily I don't know do magic to get pregnant or something like when you're first starting out I would maybe give that one some time and thought but you know, um, you do you, boo. So, uh, I thought today we would talk about what kind of witch are you? And um, if you've been a witch for, you know, if you started out anytime in the last 10 years or so, you may have seen online all the quizzes about uh, finding out what kind of witch you are. Um, 
and they're fun. They're there's nothing wrong with taking them. They're a lot of fun. I enjoy that kind of nonsense, but it is uh, nonsense in a way. Um, you know, I keep thinking of, of that phrase, how do you eat an elephant? I spent a few minutes before I started recording this, looking up who said that. And it's been attributed to several different people from Francis of Assisi to Desmond Tutu to some uh, military person um, in the 60s or 70s. I don't know. I don't remember their name. But anyway, how do you eat an elephant? The, the answer is one bite at a time. Um, what that means is first you start by doing what's necessary. So if we are going to use that in relation to witchcraft, you start by learning the basics, you know, then you do what's possible. So like maybe you are gathering tools or gathering information, things like that. Um, and then suddenly you find that you're doing the impossible. What you thought at the beginning was this huge undertaking that you'd never be able to accomplish what you thought was impossible suddenly is possible. So I think that's a really, really accurate way of describing the beginning of a person's journey into witchcraft. Um, but with that being said, part of, you know, these quizzes like what kind of witch are you, that is sort of how we can break things down into smaller bites. Um, you know, you can't eat an elephant in one whole big bite. You have to break it down into little pieces. Um, and when we do that, when we say, well, I'm a kitchen witch or, you know, I'm a, a green witch, it gives us sort of a direction to begin our path. Um, so a little bit about these different types of witches. Um, you know, you may have like a kitchen witch uh, likes to incorporate their magic um, into their cooking, um, whether it's something like uh, what kind of ingredients they use to something like cutting a sigil into a pie crust. Um, there's lots of ways to do it. Uh, a green witch may like to use um, really kind of things found in nature, particularly herbal kind of things. Um, a hedge witch would be someone who can cross over into the other uh, realm easily, you know, whether it's like um, astral projecting or, you know, um, being able to be clairvoyant or, you know, speak to the dead or things like that. And then, you know, crystal witch, you use um, crystals in your magic, whether it's, you know, chakras or um, Reiki or, you know, setting your crystals out in a grid, all of that kind of stuff. I think these things are really interesting, you know, and I think they're good as long as you don't limit yourself to that. You know, you have to find your path. 
and that's something you may hear a lot when people are talking about witchcraft is finding your path. And you know, I remember when I was first starting out and I, I asked a few people, what does that even mean? What do you mean find my path? So, okay. So starting on one of these things, like what kind of witch are you, is a good way to begin your path. Um, it's a place to start. The only drawback to these, to something like, you know, categorizing yourself to the type of witch that you are, is that it may mean that you limit yourself um, and miss out on some of the things that you could be doing that could really enhance your magic a lot. Um, so back to the path. What is the path? Really, all it means is where you are in your life right now. It does, like when you are talking about, you know, finding your path as a witch, I think that it does in some way incorporate what kind of witch are you. But it's not, um, it's not uh, as, as specific as those types of quizzes make it all seem, you know, it's not as uh, defined. So your path, it just means where you are in your life right now. It also means um, things like, oh, I know, um, have you heard left-hand path? or right-hand path. I don't know if I ever really hear people say right-hand path a whole lot, but I do hear left-hand path. Left-hand path means that you're, <laughs> you're doing the bad juju kind of magic, dark magic. Um, oh, what's the other word? Because uh, I've heard that it can be problematic to say dark magic. Um, oh, baneful, baneful magic. Um, any of those, whatever you call them, means that you put curses and hexes and, and, you know, maybe you're into necromancy or, you know, Satanism or um, whatever, you know, all the, the, I don't want to say dark again, all of the less, um, I can't, I can't think of any other way to say it. The, the, the more um, evil side of things, evil is not the right word because I don't even believe in evil, first of all. And second of all, um, it's just not the right word, but I can't think of any other words for it. <laughs> you know, the other end of that spectrum is the right-hand path or light magic. Um, you've got your your uh, healers, you've got your um, uh, like Reiki workers. I would say that would be light magic or white magic is also uh, the way you may see that. Um, anyway, it's, your, it's basically your love and light kind of stuff. Um, a lot of Wiccans are categorized into that light magic type of stuff um you know there's the whole threefold law and do no harm and you know all that stuff but 
and 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 that's all well and good you know either either in my opinion either end of that is fine i believe that a path is a spectrum you know there is there's good in all of us there's bad in all of us and however we decide to find balance there that's what our path is and I mean for me if I have to categorize myself I'm gonna say I'm a gray witch because I am very aware that there's good in me and there's bad in me and I'm more than willing to use my magic for you know um less nice things but I do make a a conscious decision not to do that you know I've determined what my morals and ethics are when it comes to witchcraft and that is what my path is whatever I've determined um my boundaries are you know it's not so much like what is my path it's like what is not my path what is what I will not do. Um, so finding your path, it is important. But how do you do that? You know, other than taking these quizzes, like what kind of witch are you? Um, I'm also more, it's kind of funny, I'm a, I'm a gray witch, but I'm also more of a green witch. Um, I don't know if you can hear there's noise in the background. My cat has found a box and she is making so much noise in it. And I don't want to start over again. I've already done it like five times. Um, anyway, so it's uh, finding your boundaries. What, how do you do that? You have to know yourself. Um, one of the first things that my high priest told me, um, we had met up. Um, for coffee and then the next time we met was at his house like for for class um and it was just him and me <clears throat> um and one of the first things that he said is at the temple at Delphi there is an inscription that says know thyself and that uh is the most um it's like the tip of the the pyramid, but it's also like the base, most important thing of everything, right? Um, you have to know who you are. And that part's hard. You know, when we meet people, we, and we get to know them, we, you know, maybe at first we've had a particular opinion of them. And as we get to know them, our opinion changes. But you don't have that benefit when it's you that you're talking about you live with your thoughts every day you um you don't necessarily know what's normal and not normal and i i, I don't know if you could hear the air quotes i put around that um <clears throat> but you know i mean like uh my friends may recognize that i have a particular pattern in thoughts or behaviors um, where I may not be able to see them for myself. Like, for example, um, my high priest told me recently that I tend to see myself as an outsider, like see myself on the outside of other things. And, you know, I mean, first of all, 
yes, obviously, because most witches uh, have in some form or fashion lived on the um, fringes of society. We talk about that a lot. Uh, so we are outsiders. But what I had not realized is that even within my group, um, I was casting myself as an outsider with them too. Um, and it was eye-opening because other people have, you know, kind of said that to me, but I don't know. I just didn't take it very seriously. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, but he was able to say it to me in a way that really made me legitimately consider what he was saying and and recognize that you know maybe that's something that one I should be aware of and and maybe maybe spend some time working on you know it's hard to let people in when you won't let them in I'm just saying calling myself out <laughs> um so so yeah you got to know yourself um and knowing yourself is, is a work in progress. You're always evolving and your self, you know, is always evolving too. Um, situations around you change, whether for the good or for the bad. And you need to continually check in with yourself and understand what motivates you to do the things that you do or don't do. Um, and that is what we call shadow work. Uh, that's such a buzzword. I almost hate to say it. Um, shadow work is when you, when you, you know the parts of yourself that you try to just not think about or the it may be, you may it may be the parts of yourself that you obsess over you know whatever parts of yourself that you have some sort of negative feeling about not necessarily the physical you know I mean I think the physical stuff can come into play too but your deepest self you know, find those parts of yourself, wherever you have shame, fear, guilt, anger, and then figure out why you feel that way. Like for me, the um, always casting myself on the outside of things. I know that the reason why I do that is because um, if I'm not a part of a group, when the group finally does reject me, it won't hurt as much because I wasn't a part of them anyway. Not really. I let them think that I was, but I wasn't really a part of them. I always felt like I was an outsider. So when they reject me, it is less painful. Um, and what that really means is that I am constantly waiting to be rejected. So, and why do I feel that way? 
probably because I had an abusive mom and a couple of really, really shitty, um, well, a, a couple, several really, really, really shitty um, boyfriends and husbands over the years. So it is an attempt for me to be protected. Now, in order for me to face this aspect of myself, I have to be, one, I have to recognize it, which I had not done. Two, I have to understand it, which I'm beginning to do. And three, I have to face it, you know, like, how can I change these behaviors to improve myself? You know, some, some, some behaviors, some things we do to protect ourselves, they're not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I don't want to be open and vulnerable to everybody anymore, like I used to be when I was young. You know, I want to have some walls. Some walls are good, you know, but having a fortress is not good. Um, so that's what shadow work is, you know, and I mean, I could give you a million more personal examples, but uh we don't have enough time in, in any episode for that. <laughs> um, I have a lot of personal demons, though, I can tell you that. Uh, I think we all do, though. So that's what shadow work is. Finding the negative things within yourself and bringing them to light. And sometimes what that works out to is, one, like in... in in my example, you know, I mean, making myself vulnerable, one is accepting the love that my group has for me and, and returning that. I mean, I have love for them and I feel like hopefully I show it, but I have a hard time accepting it. Um, so accepting that love for me and, um, you know, not always being there with one foot out the door. Other aspects of myself that I have addressed previously, you know, it made me confident and um, smarter. I swear I got smarter <laughs> um, because I began to believe in myself, you know, and when you believe in yourself, things are good. In order for your magic to work, you got to believe in it. And if your magic comes from you, well, I mean, I don't think I have to go all the way through that. If you don't believe in you, your magic's not going to work. So begin to do the shadow work. Um, we will have an episode in the fairly near future that's more in-depth about shadow work, although I feel like I just like bared my soul to you. So, but yeah, um, We'll have an episode soon that goes into that more. Um, and, uh, you know, I might give you some prompts or something like that. I have a few of them um, that I keep in my back pocket, sort of. So um, uh, we were talking about paths. How do you find your path? Um, doing the shadow work and also meditation. Meditation can be done in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of people try to meditate in a way that is, um, you know, having no thoughts, empty mind, 
and and that's fine. Uh, if you're able to do that, that's great, and I admire you. Personally, I can't do it. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it. And I've come to accept that I don't necessarily have to do it that way. I do a lot of other things that are very meditative. You know, when I'm working on jewelry, I could be doing it for hours, literal hours, and will have absolutely no idea that so much time has passed. Um, last night, I was supposed to, I was supposed to uh, fix dinner, and uh, two of the kids, I guess, gave up on me and just got something for themselves, but the, the last one, I said, I'll you know, I'll put a, a pizza in the oven for you. And then, and I did, and I texted him and I was like, you know, your pizza's ready. And then I got up this morning, the pizza's still sitting there. And, and when I saw him, I'm like, bro, you didn't eat your pizza. And he's like, yeah, it was two and a half hours before you did it. And I fell asleep. So um, yeah, my point is uh, I lose track of time when I'm doing it. It's because it's meditative. I'm thinking thoughts. But the majority of my brain is focused on what my hands are doing and not so much thinking about, you know, if I can't do it or, you know, all the other things that, that a person thinks. Um, so you may find that meditation for you also looks different. There are lots of ways. There's guided meditations. There's, um, there's, uh, you know, meditative actions. Um, there's things like sunbathing, right? But have you heard of sound bathing or forest bathing? Forest bathing is where you just sit in a forest and, and just be, you know, Maybe you're listening to the birds or the wind in the trees or, you know, whatever. Um, sound bathing is, uh, I think most people use like singing bowls for that. Um, anyway, it allows a part of your brain to be occupied so that other parts of your brain can, um, cannot be. It's almost like uh, dreaming is is actually kind of meditative. It's just not really purposeful. Um, it's where your mind can work out the subconscious um, or your subconscious mind can work out your thoughts and feelings and stuff like that. Um, another thing to uh, keep in mind, um, oh, what was I gonna say? I completely lost my train of thought. You know, maybe I should go meditate. <laughs> um, I do use an app when I meditate that will, it does like a, um, a chime. I can set it for however long I want to meditate. And then it does a chime at like 15 minutes and halfway through and something like that. I usually only do it for about 30 minutes. I just can't manage more than that. Um, and usually it's not a matter of like, empty mind like in fact it never is um but sometimes I will have a specific um sort of guide myself through a meditation it's almost like a fantasy not 
that kind of fantasy, get your mind out of the gutter. It's almost like daydreaming, but with my eyes closed and I'm really focused on, you know, visualizing my way through that. Um, so, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, lots of ways to meditate. Um, you want to just allow your subconscious to um, address whatever matters are there for it to address. You also want to kind of open yourself up to the divine or, oh gosh, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of stuff about it. Um, we'll have a whole episode on, on meditation, I'm sure. I don't want to do another guided kind of thing. You know, I did that guided grounding and centering. Um, I'm not planning to do another guided one. Um, but there's, there's guided ones out there that you can, you can listen to that will, you know, help you astral project or, you know, um, get in touch with your, um, spirit guide or ancestor or, you know, deity, whatever, whatever you want to do as far as that goes. Um, and, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that each, you know, everyone can do any of those particular things like, like um, astral projection or um, ancestors or, or whatever. And if you can't, that's okay. I, I'm iffy about it. Um, I don't know if you can hear me stuttering and stuff. I kind of am. I'm, I'm very iffy about it. But um so yeah, so uh, I think that is about, um, that's about it for today. Uh, I haven't really decided if we're still going to end with an exercise each week, but I think it's good. Um, if y'all think I should nix that, let me know. You know, you can find me on Twitter at stuff underscore witchy. Um, but uh I'm also kind of thinking about doing a Facebook page. I haven't decided, but, but yeah, anyway, um, maybe for, for this week, um, you know, if you haven't, if you're new to witchcraft or if you've been a witch for a really long time, think about what kind of witch are you, you know, what kind of things do you like to work with right now? If you're new, then that's your place to start. If you've been a witch for a long time, think about what you usually work with and maybe how that might be if you've been using the, the same methods for a really long time, you know, think about how you could maybe try something different. You know, like if you are usually using herbs, maybe you could do some sigils um, and just see how it changes things. Um, so yeah, find your path and maybe, maybe start some shadow work. You know, you don't necessarily have to write anything down. You don't necessarily have to do it in meditation and stuff like that. In fact, I think that shadow work is probably best done with either your therapist or your best friend. 
um, yeah, because uh, hopefully neither one of those people will, you know, let you blow smoke up their ass. Um, hopefully both of those types, you know, whether it's a therapist or your best friend would call you out if you're completely lying to yourself. Um, we, we do do that. Uh, so yeah, uh, do that. But hey, listen, shadow work can be rough. If you're not in a very good mental place right now, it may not be the appropriate time. Basically, shadow work is facing all of your demons. And if your everyday life is facing a demon right now, it's okay for you to, to hold off on that. Maybe just do a little bit of light shadow work. Like, why do you feel the way you do right now? Um, and if it's something that you can go into deeper then do, but if it's not safe for you mentally, you know, emotionally to, to attack demons, this is okay. You, you can wait. Maybe you should just try to give yourself some love anyway. Um, yeah, that's it guys. I, um, looking forward to hearing from you and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.